On the morning of September 13, 1989, Joseph Bova and his wife Sharon were going about their daily doings. Joseph was getting ready for work like he did every day, while Sharon was sitting in the kitchen drinking her coffee. At the time, Joseph was 43 years old and Sharon was 46. By all means, the couple had a wonderful relationship and neither of them ever spoke about any problems at home. At precisely 6.04 a.m., Joseph headed out the front door of his home and hopped in his 1974 Ford truck to go to work. However, just seconds after he left the home, Sharon would hear a loud explosion just outside. The explosion was so loud that it rattled the family's home and even shook the windows of neighbors' homes. Sharon ran to the window to see what had happened, and she witnessed a sight that she would not soon forget. Her husband's truck had been blown to pieces. The once rectangular-shaped vehicle was now twisted and misshapen into a pyramid. The floor of the truck had been completely blown out. The dash had caved in, and by all means, the vehicle no longer resembled your average automobile. Rather, it looked like a mangled pile of scrap. Sharon desperately searched for her husband and finally found him about 50 feet away from his vehicle. Sadly, he was in no better condition than his truck, with Sharon saying that he was barely conscious when she found him. He'd been almost completely dismembered, and by the time he arrived at the hospital just 36 minutes later, he was pronounced dead on arrival. His cause of death was listed as severe blood loss and trauma. Police obviously knew that Joseph's truck had been tampered with in some way. Car fires aren't too terribly uncommon, sadly, but this was not your average car fire. They had reason to believe that Joseph's truck had been wired specifically to kill him. As they would soon learn, their theory was correct. As they examined the remnants of Joseph's truck, they found that someone had broken into it in the days prior and raked a pipe bomb to the starter strapping it to the top of the transmission. In this specific vehicle, the transmission would have been located just inches away from Joseph's right leg, ensuring that he would have been severely disfigured and most likely killed in the explosion. Sadly, the latter proved to be true. It didn't take police long for them to classify the explosion as the work of professionals, but who would want to do such a thing to Joseph? Sadly, in cases like this, it's not very often that the family is able to help investigators with possible suspects. More often than not, families will insist that their loved one was friendly with everyone and had no enemies. This would be the issue presented to police in Joseph's case as well. Police spoke with Joseph's wife, as well as several of his co-workers and his brother. Unfortunately, no one could come up with any possible leads about who could have done this to him. His family insisted that Joseph was an upstanding citizen and had no bad blood with anyone they knew of. In fact, everything they said about Joseph was positive. They told stories of how he would go out of his way to be friendly with his co-workers, adding that he didn't even drink and certainly didn't do drugs. He was so concerned about the well-being of everyone around him that he even went as far as feeding the stray cats who had taken up shelter at a nearby steel mill. There was absolutely no reason for anyone to take the life of this man. Joseph had spent the last few years working as a financial secretary, as well as a part-time field representative for Laborers Local 81. 
It's possible that someone involved with one of these two organizations that Joseph worked for wanted him killed. He could have potentially made a bad business decision that cost someone their job, their money, or worse. However, police found no evidence of this. The company Joseph had been working for was known to help local workers, specifically construction workers, to unionize so that they could ensure that they all received fair benefits. We don't know much about the financial company that he worked for, but it certainly doesn't seem like he made any enemies there. Regardless, police continued to search for witnesses or anyone with information that may help solve the investigation. Absolutely no one witnessed anyone tampering with Joseph's vehicle, nor did anyone witness the explosion firsthand. If that wasn't bad enough, police don't even know when the bomb could have been placed in the vehicle. According to his wife, he'd gotten a ride with a coworker for the last two days, meaning that there was a three-day window in which the bomb could have been placed on his truck. Police even went as far as investigating nearby organized crime syndicates, but they didn't even find any evidence that any members of these groups had been involved either. However, police would soon learn that it was entirely possible that the attack against Joseph was just completely random. Just a few weeks later, police were called to the scene of another explosion, just a few miles away from Joseph and Sharon's home. At 2.30 a.m., two explosions took place on the front porch and back patio of the Hall family's home. The explosions shattered their windows and caused a large amount of damage to the outside of the home. Thankfully, no one who was in the home was hurt, Though, just like in Joseph's case, neither the family nor the neighbors had any idea who would want to do such a thing. Just a couple years later, police would be called to yet another pipe bomb scene in Merrillville. That morning, police had been asked to respond to an explosion at Precision Driveline. This was a company that specialized in creating drive shafts and clutches for vehicles. In this instance, police weren't called to the scene of an explosion. Rather, they were called to the scene of what appeared to be a botched attempt at blowing up a company vehicle. One of the employees at this company noticed that one of their delivery vehicles had a strange wire jetting out of one of the fenders. Police were called to investigate, and they found that the wire was rigged to yet another pipe bomb. Thankfully, the bomb never exploded, and a bomb squad was able to safely remove it from the vehicle. They then took the bomb to a safe location and detonated it. They weren't able to recover any identifying information from the bomb, and no one had any idea who would have done such a thing. Police were never able to track down any suspects, and each of these cases remains unsolved all these years later. Joseph's family says that Sharon was never the same after he passed away. They said that she understandably sank into a deep depression after Joseph lost his life, and she never fully recovered. She eventually stopped going to work and would later stop answering calls from family or friends, just asking that she be left alone instead. She would pass away 20 years later in 2009 from natural causes. However, her family says that she most likely passed away from a broken heart, as after all these years, she mourned the loss of her husband just as much as she had on the day that she first lost him.
But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But I've been Ty Knotts. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video.